0: Chumbacasino.com Jumba.
2: No purchase necessary, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply, see website for details We'll take a glass, together! This is Equity One, Broadway's happy hour
3: Pour yourself a drink and join us as we chat about life, theater, and, and everything, everything in between,
2: in between. I'm Elliot Maddox
3: And I'm Caleb Dickey Join us for your Equity One.
2: Cheers. Hi, Cheers. Oh my gosh. It's our closest clink that we've had in months because we're in the same city New York City. Hey, welcome back. March. That's a long ass time. Yeah, well, welcome back. Um, and everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Equity One, Broadway's Happy Hour. Uh, today, we are really excited to be sitting down with another one of our uh, Broadway Podcast Network podcast hosts. Please welcome our guest this week, Amiri Asai <laughs> from The Take On. Hi. Hi welcome. Hi. What is going on? Literally nothing. We are about to tear into these drinks. I cannot wait. What are you, are you drinking with us today? I'm drinking tea because I'm always <gasps> spilling it. Yes. Oh. Oh, well, be There's a lot of technology, so you don't want to spill on your computer. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> and it's early there for you, right?
1: It's You're in L.A.? I'm in LA. It's it's one o'clock. It's, you know, with quarantine, I'm always waking up so late. So it's like the morning for me.
2: It's definitely the morning. I just finished my coffee like an hour ago. So it's, it's like a slow process for me. A lot of like re-microwaving because it it needs to be hot. Got to stay hot.
3: I've conquered the day already. Like I've like cleaned my apartment, did yoga, did a workout, took a shower, like hop on my schedule, (sighs) like join me. Wow. You're on another level there.
2: I know. Like, I'm back in
3: New York, I'm, I'm hitting it hard
2: Ugh, it's too much It's Saturday, it's the weekend I'm relaxing, let me relax <laughs> Right? Um, well, Caleb and I are Having uh, a Q cocktail this week that was delivered Ooh. To us, and uh, To talk about the cocktail is uh, Ryan Cox. Garrison From Q Cox Can we bring in Ryan? Hi! Hey guys! How Cheers. are you? Thanks. for Sure. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So, tell us about the drink this week.
0: So this week's Q cock is uh, called the Black Rose. Um, mine is already been opened. You guys <laughs> I'm more control than I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's tequila blanco tequila based cocktail this week um, with rose water as like the main feature. A uh, few fruit juices, some pineapple and watermelon, mint in there to balance it all, all out. And then the beautiful black color comes from a pinch of activated charcoal, which is, Ooh. you know, Ooh. on its own level has some health benefits. It's really nice. It adds like depth to the floral notes of the drink. So oh please, cheers. Okay. cheers. 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 Caleb, you first.
2: two, your C. Wow. Okay, That's really, really good.
0: Good. Yeah, what's fun about mm. this is that it has, like, you don't expect something black
2: to have uh, fruity floral taste. Wait, what am I tasting? That is, oh, the watermelon <laughs> juice. That yeah, watermelon is so yummy. Really
0: good in there.
3: You'd expect it to be like, you know, what do they call it? Like um, when you mix all the sodas together, the soda
0: fountain when you were a kid. A suicide? <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> when you're right. like, I want Mountain Dew and I want Dr. Pepper. Like nothing you'd expect <laughs> it to taste like this is black, but like this is refreshing.
2: This is delicious. Yeah, it's really just shocking how like fresh and kind of like light Well, that's actually. Our method is
0: really close to the suicide method, you know, just grab and grab and Sometimes it works out. So
2: <laughs> just poor and poor and poor. Now I we're enjoying poor. We're enjoying this this week, but we also wanted you to talk about something really, really exciting that is happening for next week. So Caleb and I are celebrating our three-year anniversary of Equity One podcast on the 15th, exactly next Saturday. We will have been doing episodes for three years. So we are gonna have a Huge live show like we're having right now with lots of um, Broadway celebrity guests. Um, and we are going to be playing all your favorite games, talking about some of our favorite moments from the last three years. And we are very excited to have partnered with Q Cox to have a very special Equity One cocktail that was inspired by our show. Oh, Woo! And Brian helped yes. make it for us. So will you talk about what, um, what the drink is for next week? Yeah, of course.
0: We are so excited as well to be a part of this. The drink that is coming next week is called the Two Show Day. Um, all about Equity One. So this one is a vodka-based cocktail. And we're bringing in a homemade dragon fruit syrup, which has, like, such a beautiful pink tone to it like that neon that is in your logo, it fits it perfectly. Um, so bright pink, some triple sec, uh, a nice sound, which is made like a water with uh, infused with cinnamon and clove to kind of add some like herbal bitterness into there. Um, and of course, as the garnish for this one is a blue gummy bear.
2: Yes. You guys always
0: have gummy bears, right? That's your thing.
2: Yes, yeah. That is we that in. There. That's an inside um <laughs> look into our recording, is that Caleb and I scarcely record without a bag of gummy bears. Um so yeah. we are so excited to have this cocktail next week. If you want the cocktail, you can order it um by Monday at five. Uh if you're in the New York area. New York City. Um sorry upstate, but this is the same. Thing. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're in, <laughs> if you're in the city, you can order it. You can go to uh, Q Cocktails on Instagram, or the the um, form is also in our bio on Equity One Podcast. There's a drop down menu where you can go, click it, order it, um, and the actually the first fifty orders of the drink are also going to receive an Equity One shot glass. Which so um get those orders in and uh tag us on social media when you get your delivery next week and we'll share some of those pictures in the live show next week and you can enjoy the cocktail with us as we celebrate our three-year anniversary we are so excited thank you so much ryan for all your hard work with the with the libations we really appreciate (laughs) it oh it's my pleasure for sure And we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Cheers. Great. Cheers, guys. Ding. Oh, oh my God. This drink is so... I I honestly can't get over it. It's so delicious. Guys, uh, I feel like, like I'm more 20 than and think. I'm
1: not 21 or something. I'm sitting here while y'all are drinking. Right. I'm like,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we'll see how how the, how this goes, and then maybe you can have a cocktail. Um, I'm here. <laughs> how are you yes. doing in this quarantine life? Um, I'm good. I've actually, you know what? Like,
1: I'm an outgoing introvert, so it's been really great for me. I mean, I I do love going to events and you know working as a publicist for years. Um, I don't really miss it. I don't miss any of the social interactions, honestly. I don't really like people, um, so I I like animals, and it's been great because I can walk around my neighborhood and I see coyotes and bunnies, and I'm quite happy with this. Like I I'm I realized how little I enjoy genuinely talking to people. I like interviewing people, but I don't really like talking to people. So it's been great. <laughs> That's a that winded is- answer. Yeah.
2: No, it's so funny because it's so true. I think we're all mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, we, you know, he had a break away from people. There are certain people I really, really miss hanging out with. And mm-hmm. um and certain people where I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I've reached my 10 person bubble. Um, so I'll <laughs> see you I'll see you when there's uh when there's a vaccine hun. Um but great talk, great keeping up with you on Instagram, you know. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I also love not
3: having to worry about giving a hug or not giving a hug. It's just like no hugs, no handshakes, don't touch me like right. hi right. like
1: don't touch <laughs> from me. a distance. Yes, yeah, cuz you know distance, people don't yeah. always smell great. They don't always smell. No. Great, so it's,
2: yeah. it's true. Especially yeah. if especially we're venturing in the peak out of summer. Yeah, and in quarantine, you know, I've been experimenting with, you know, I'm not wearing deodorant every day because I'm not going anywhere and I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yep, yep. So I got to save those coins. You know, we can't, be, we can't be just going out and buying deodorant all the time. Like, exactly. like I buy deodorant every day. Like, what, what is that? Um, Stockpile. <laughs> Caleb, how is being back in the city for you? Being back, it
3: feels really great. Um, I love being in my apartment, the sun coming in, getting everything. Like, being away from your home for five months, mm-hmm. it's just great to be back. Um, we wow. haven't ventured out much because we're doing the two week quarantine, the mandatory one. So, um, just enjoying some alone time, which we were so busy when we were a- in Ohio and stuff like that. So it's actually like nice to slow down. I love it.
2: Yeah. Talk to me in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> especially being with like family, you know, both of we did the the visit family thing and then come home. It's really nice to get back to your kind of like solo existence yes
3: um
2: uh okay so amir what have you been watching during oh, during cool this much. time hmm. What have I been? What have I not been watching? It's probably a shorter list.
1: Um, <laughs> I generally even before quarantine, because I I worked out at an after-show company, so we would cover like every show. So I I just put it on myself to watch a little bit of everything. Um, except Mrs. America, I haven't watched that yet. Um, mm.
3: I watched one or yeah. two episodes. Actually, I watched the that? first one and the last one, and I loved both. You wait, you did what? like bookends. Why did you do that? <laughs> because Cole watches it when I go to bed sometimes. No. And so I caught in, but I loved it. It's it was so great. good. Michael and I it's watched really the whole good.
2: thing. It's great. He thought it was a little sleepy. Like, he, he was checking his phone. But I was oh, okay. riveted. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, you watch a lot. You know, you, you're you very, like, into, you got your finger on the pulse of, like, the pop culture world. Um, and you talk a lot about, now, do, do you watch The Housewives um, religiously? I do. So actually, I went to high school with uh, the creator's daughter. So he
1: pitched that show to my dad. And I remember being like 15 years old. And he was like, we're gonna get a bunch of housewives. They're gonna drink, they're gonna go on vacation, they're gonna fight over rooms. And my dad's like, I'm not investing in that. What is that? Um, so that's Scott Dunlop and he is the creator and his name is on every single one of the housewives. So it's just really neat to see it all come together. I knew a lot of the original housewives from Orange County because I grew up here in Orange County and so it's just it's just cool to see it all come together. I love it. I mean I think that sometimes it's you know it's not women you know supporting women like Ramona says that's Ramona says at the, end yeah. of the day. Ramona says it, but I don't think they are really supporting each other but I think it's smart to go on the show if you have something to promote like if you I would love to be the first, you know, real house husband of um, Bravo. That's just me putting that into the universe I think
2: I would be great. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what well, happens. There are, there are, the rumor mill right now is saying that Atlanta might actually, um, they're considering like having Apollo uh, as an actual cast member. And there was one other husband that they would be like actual cast members. That's the rumor, oh. but you know, you know how the things pop up. It's like, yes. you know, there's, there's different news on the, on who's the next housewife every day. Um, I so what, I, okay, I,
3: guys, I, I try, I try and watch it all the time and I can't, I can never get through an episode. It's just Why not for that? me. I don't know, <laughs> but see, I would really love real housewives of Xenia, Ohio, some farm town where they have to like deal with like trailer trash <laughs> and like farm life, because you know that's the real tea. Like they gotta get like the kids to Walmart. They gotta get like. You just, I would love more down home living stuff. I don't yeah, know. So Not TLC. So Caleb TLC,
1: wants yeah, yeah. TLC. Yeah, just <laughs> watch TLC. Then it's like don't bring no. that to Bravo. We don't have TLC no. to Bravo. <laughs> <Sorry>. We need it. <laughs> we need glamour. <Hammer.
2: laughs> like that's that's part of it. Like that makes it work. Like we, you know, right. the for example, Potomac just started. And it doesn't do it as much for me because, like, some of those townhomes, like, I could maybe own one day. You know what I mean? Like, like, it just doesn't have that kind of aspirational, um, you know, glamour that makes it so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And so, um, okay, but quick thoughts on Denise on Beverly Hills.
1: So I wrote an article about a year ago because I saw the Twitter thing where Denise basically wrote like, what should my tagline be? And then Brandy responded, you should talk about how you eat, P-U-S-S-Y. And that was her response on Twitter. So I already knew that they were like hooking up way back when. So I wrote an article about how they have an open relationship. And basically in that article, I was like, the gays have been doing this for eons. It's not that shocking. So the housewives pretending this like big thing. Let's remember, Denise is known for wild things. She's known for dating Charlie Sheen, being married to Charlie Sheen. Come on. Like, her sleeping with Brandy is so low on the totem pole of shock value. But these women are so sheltered in their gorgeous closets that they're all a shook. All of y'all have experimented. Give me a break. Like, Erica's sitting at that table. Garcelle. I mean, come on. Like, these women are pretending like this is the end of the world. Give me a break.
2: <laughs> I know. I, mean, I think that, like... Denise, you know, Denise is doing the thing where she's like trying to have her like, um, like fixing reputation season, like the first season she kind of like got it figured out. And now she's like, wait, 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 I want to control how I'm looking. Um, Bravo, bravo, effing bravo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they all do that now. Ramona, I'm like, stop breaking the fourth wall. Like we're all sitting in quarantine, getting invested and then you keep breaking the fourth wall and like, stop doing that.
2: Like, oh, not a I ball. love it.
0: Does
1: she look I at the camera it. and like commentary?
3: Or oh, does she yeah. do?
2: Ramona, oh. so recently Ramona was throwing a, you know a birthday party with 60 of her closest girlfriends. And oh. she, um, and <laughs> Leah, who I think is amazing was dancing uh, the, the housewives were just dancing and ramona's sister was like oh. you're being ridiculous you're so trashy you like you cheapen the group and um and ramona was like shut it down shut it down pointing at the camera and like getting a producer meanwhile sonia is a mess and is stomping like on mirrors and like breaking it's it just amazing chef's kiss just watch
1: that episode just watch that episode kill just give it a try just watch that birthday episode and give it the full hour yeah i'm
2: taking the
3: notes down birthday episode i got it yeah i mean new york
2: is (laughs) new york is the way to get into it because it's just the women are so good what is what's your favorite of the franchise
1: i think my favorite is new york and it's dorinda medley clip like I am obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with Giovanni. I'm obsessed with Luann. I think it's so good because those women are actually living in like 15 million dollar penthouses. Like I, they're cute. living in some really expensive, aspirational stuff. Like for me, when I watch Beverly Hills and Garcelle's living in a townhouse in the Valley, I could do that. So I, I need, I need, I need some like I need Sutton money. I need like I need uh. some craziness.
2: I wish she were, I I wish she were holding a, um, what do they hold in Beverly Hills, like a diamond or a champagne glass or something? I love Sutton. Oh my God. She, she didn't start off great for me. I have to say I didn't love her at the beginning, but now I'm like, I love her. Also thoughts on Garcelle being maybe too busy this season
1: so garcelle that's a great question garcelle (laughs) is pushing is kind of doing the erica right like it's kind of unapproachable is like unavailable is kind of is is playing that game of like the elusiveness i know she's busy um but i think that it's a little bit beverly hills moving too quickly because of blm and this happens a lot like it happened with the bachelor where they aggressively try to course correct and oh we're gonna put a black person but it's very forced and you know I think that it's important that diversity, me being Persian is done in a very eloquent way. And I feel like when they're just like, oh, we're just going to put, it's not thought through. In my opinion, I think a great person would have been Will Smith's ex-wife, who's actually friends with Garcelle and she was on the show. She would be a lot more interesting because she's, you know, friends with Will, she hangs out with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett and the whole entanglement. It would have been really interesting Mm -hmm. to see them, that whole dynamic on the show instead of Garcelle, who seems a bit too busy.
2: Yeah. Uh, She's just like constantly flying, Uh, to her jobs you know which is amazing but then it's like she's not at any of the events oh i was surprised she went to rome Um, do
3: they go with her for the events or is it just like she's gone and they don't film it she's gone i mean
2: they don't film it no no when she's out of town she's like you know and she's new on the show so she's not gonna be someone that they like follow to work somewhere you know what i mean so um Exactly. So I, I mean her, I would though. take that
3: paycheck. I would be like, I'll stop in for a few episodes, take the paycheck and like leave. Like why I'm I'm not her.
2: It's not it's not as compelling because you don't get to like know her or see any interactions with the women you know sure sure, right right Um, right she'll probably won't be back for a second season
1: she's kind of like um kim who was on um atlanta they don't invest enough time they're like i'm busy i'm doing a talk show i'm i'm filming things and they kind of get wrapped up and you know i've actually worked for erica and i posted about it online and her publicist is actually saying i'm lying so there's a whole there i'm involved in my own bravo show on the side um, because I actually worked for her and she was a nightmare. She wouldn't go on live TV. She tried to get me fired from a private plane. So some of these housewives, they take the show and they make that drama their real lives. And that's when it becomes problematic. Um, but it's good TV, so I'm not going to
2: complain. It's the best TV. We we, <laughs> we have no choice but to stand here in yes. this house. Um, Absolutely. So, Amir, we always start off our official interview by asking our guest uh, what first got them interested in the arts. You know, you work in entertainment. Um, and what first kind of caught your eye about that world? Um, I love
1: that question. Um, I was actually with my dad, who's immigrated from Iran in 1974. So very, you know, traditional. And growing up in a, you know, Muslim family, it's, it's very conservative as well. I remember watching a movie um, with, uh, oh, my God, with Taylor. Taylor Thomas, uh, what was his name? Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh-huh. And it was about them in the woods and they were like brothers. I can't remember the name of the movie, but there was a bear in it. I remember being like eight or nine and I, I was like, dad, I'm going to be on that screen one day. And he was like, "Uh," and he turned around with a thick accent and my dad's name was Jafar, which is already funny. Um, And he turned around, <laughs> yeah, Jafar. Uh, And so he turned around and he, you know, in a thick accent was like, you know, Hollywood, everyone's a drug dealer, everyone's a criminal. And so I remember as an eight-year-old being like, oh wow, that really dashed my dreams. Like, guess I can't do that because I'm not a drug dealer. Um, but then I <laughs> found, yeah, <laughs> I was like, all right. And so I found PR um, in high school. I found, I realized you to not be a drug dealer because you're not on screen, you could be a publicist. So you're around talent. So then I studied PR at USC and I was in entertainment and PR. And my first job, I worked with Michael B. Jordan, Melissa McCartney, Donald Glover. So I'm just being around talent. I was like, this is really amazing. And it's still kind of professional. It's not like, but- little to my dad know is actually delivering drugs to a lot of celebrities um, because that's part of Unfortunately that is part of the job. Um, I've delivered Emmy dresses with a bag of weed in it like I mean it's, it's very interesting what you do as a publicist. Um, never hard drugs let's make that very clear I'm not that kind of publicist uh, oh, but yeah. people do call and you know and, and they, they want things and you have to give it to them and they're they're in you know what do you call it? like it we're kind of high-end babysitters. Um, and so I found that and yeah. Right. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to do this. And, um, I, I worked as a publicist for years and then, I stopped hiding from the cameras and I, cause as a publicist, you are all black. I've been to the golden globes, the Emmys, the Oscars, you hide. Nobody wants to see you. Nobody wants to talk to you. You, you step in and you piss everyone off by saying, don't ask that question,
0: um,
1: <laughs> et cetera. <laughs> it was always me kind of ruining the fun, right? They want to ask about an affair and I would step in and say, you can't ask that or take that off the record, etc. cetera. Um, so my job was always kind of not so much fun. Uh, and then I realized I was like, why am I helping other people become successful when I could just be helping myself? And I'm a lot funnier and a lot more, And listen, I say this with a lot of humbleness because I do have a lot of insecurity, but I know that I'm funnier and more talented than most people in Hollywood. So I started doing my own thing and it kind of just became a thing and people wanted to hear from me and people wanted to see a queer Muslim and a bustier running down the street and living his best life. And it just, it worked. So
2: it is what it is. I'm not going to question. Yeah. The, con- the content we didn't know we needed, you know, like. But, exactly. exactly. But that's the thing. And I think that that is like, you know, again, Taylor's as old as time in the, in, in the industry and not just the industry, but in the world is that once you start kind of following what you do and just being yourself and doing what you want, then things really start to line up how you want them to exactly exactly um what what i'm curious to know what actually first how did you find out that pr was a job like what like what what kind of led you that because you you were interested in this world couldn't be a part of it but then like i'm, I'm curious about that um this is
1: probably going to be the gayest answer i've ever given on any any interview so you're welcome um it was um Samantha Jones on Sex in the City. So I remember I was 15 and I saw an episode. And my parents didn't allow that. You don't watch Sex in the City. Not. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw it at my aunt's house and I remember being like, who is this fabulous woman? And I didn't know I was gay. I was, I mean, I've always been gay, obviously, but I wasn't in, in my consciousness. I just remember being like, she's an icon. But I think now I would fill in the word gay icon. She had a big bell and she was wearing that yellow outfit. I don't remember which episode it was. And she commanded a room. And I remember she said, I'm a publicist. And I didn't know what that was. And I told my aunt and she was like, oh, that's someone that works in the government. She thought it was public officer. And I was like, (laughs) I "I don't want to do that. And then later on, I was dating someone and I told them, I was like, oh my God, I love Samantha Jones. She works in the government. He's like, no, she doesn't. She's a publicist. And I was like, what's a publicist? And then that kind of impetus and him explaining it to me, I was like, that sounds amazing. Like you hold people's bags in my head, I was like, "I'm going to be holding Birkins, etc." And I was like, "This is an amazing job. Um, I get to follow celebrities around, and you you become friends. And it's kind of true, like because they're around you so much, and a lot of celebrities are so lonely that you do become their friends. And it, it's very interesting. It was it was a a very interesting world. And I'm actually working on a book as well um, about how PR kind of changed my life because it actually helped me to come out. It helped me to be authentic. It, it PR is like, you can't hide. If you're authentic, you'll make it. And anyone in Hollywood that makes it longer than 10 years is not fake. There's no way. You can't yeah. last. You won't yeah. last in this town.
3: It's, that leads me to like, how did you find the confidence to come out? We all have different coming out stories, but it sounds like you were in a very conservative family. How did you find that mm-hmm. confidence to like blossom?
1: Oh, Blossom. Thank you. I love. I do love that show, Blossom, as well. I just thought of it. Um, <laughs> she was amazing! Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that, for me, it was a slow kind of burn. It was a slow boil. And I think a lot of times what's lovely comes to the surface in time, right? I think I looked mm-hmm. at a lot of my friends, they came out when they were 17 or 18, or they dated for years, and they, and they had time to come out to their families. And, you know, a lot of their families were white, and, you know, were not very conservative, and it was a lot more accepting. And, you know, I'd go to pride parties, etc. I came out when I was 28. So I was very late. And I had not even come out to myself until my mid-20s. So I was very, very religious. Um, I actually lived in a Muslim dorm at USC. I was very conservative. Um, and so I think that once I came out to myself, it made it easier to then come out to other people. But I think there was always, I had a voice inside of me that was like, you're destined to do greater things. You're gonna be a voice for people. And a lot of Middle Eastern culture is all about silencing and don't say that. And it's embarrassing. And, and you can be gay, but don't talk about it. And I just wanted to kind of, break that and I, and being a gemini i do nothing subtle so i just was like i'm going to put my i'm going to put a picture of me in a
2: dress boom like and that was it you know and that kind of
1: started everything so
2: <laughs> i'm you talk about the you know the kind of um culture that you come from and it kind of it being in opposition of how you want to live your life like how do you how do you balance being you know someone that people see as someone queer of a culture that doesn't always embrace that and also, but bring, you know, not fighting against it, but also bringing light to um, people and being seen as that, like mm-hmm. what's that balance like for you?
1: It's tough. I mean, I, I, I don't, I always try to be very like kind of transparent when it comes to balance. Cause I feel like that word then puts pressure on the person to balance. And I think it's important that there is nothing to balance. Like you are multiple identities and a lot of Middle Eastern and, Latino and Asian and anyone that has like a chauvinistic culture understands that if you are femme, whether or not you're identifying as queer or not, you are going to struggle with your masculinity and femininity. So if there is an issue there, you're always going to be living somewhat of a double life. So I think it's important to kind of embrace that at first until you can become either financially independent or emotionally independent from your parents to be able to like step in and be like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm dyeing my hair. I'm wearing... Um, lip gloss or nail polish around you and you're going to have to accept it and i think it's important that you don't give people permission i don't ask i tell so when i tell you that when people are like i get messages every day i get death threats i'm going to slit your throat you're disgusting etc i got one today you're hideous and so i was like all right hideous yes i am gonna use those words i don't like i don't delete i leave it there and you know what's funny in a couple of weeks that person always deletes their own comments Cause it's mortifying. Oh. You you will always, they never leave those nasty comments. They always delete them because it's mortifying to you. Cause what's around those nasty comments is a lot of love and support. So I think it's it's important. And I I don't ask. I like I said, I tell, but I also will push people, right? I, I posted something where it was like a Google search and it said, Can I be gay and Muslim? Right. And a lot of people commented no, but a lot of people said yes. And a lot of people DM me from all over the world, from India and Afghanistan. And we're like, I'm in an arranged marriage, but it's amazing to see you. And I feel like I have some freedom and maybe I can come out in my own bedroom. Start slow. I think there's this idea in America that we have to all come out. I remember so many people pushed me, right? They would always say, you need to come out. You're so amazing. You need to come out. Don't tell a queer person if you're straight to come out. Because you're now wanting them to have this love Simon bullshit. And I'm not into it. I'm not into being fodder for your Instagram and for you to cry over. Our stories are our stories. So I think it's important that you, if you want to come out like that guy that just came out a couple of weeks ago at 90 years old, you do that. It's fine. Yeah. Like what's the problem with that? Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I, I hate the entire idea and the, like the, the event of coming out. I talked about that Mm -hmm. forever, but like, it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. that it even exists. So, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you want to or not do it on your own business, but it's actually a ridiculous concept that we have to like, you know, announce ourselves when we're already living. (laughs) Like, it just
1: doesn't. Exactly. It's bizarre. Like, why don't straight people do that? Like, that's what I love about love Simon. When they have that scene where the straight people come out and it's like, Uh It almost felt kind of ridiculous, but then we're, queer people are all required to, and if we don't do it, and then also when we do it, we're let down if it's not this big to do. Like when I came out, a lot of my friends were like, duh. And it kind of hurt my feelings because I was like, why am I not getting the tears and the, the excitement and all of that? Because it's like, well, why, but people are like, we love you and accept you. So why would we make it a crying, emotional moment? I, you know, I worked on an unscripted show that we were pitching where it was about everyone comes out. If you are divorced, you have HIV, you have cancer, anything, anything, you're in an interracial relationship, you are coming out to multiple people because people need you to validate it. So we all have that. So why is it only on queer people? I don't I'm not quite getting
2: that still. Yeah. And it's and it's also like uh, people have talked about this before, but coming out is like it's also like a it keeps going you keep coming out all the time in your life yes, it's yeah. not just like you come out to your family sure but then you come out every day to someone that you're working with to appear to someone at the grocery store to your tailor like you literally come out all the time and so, so to have it be this like big event it's just like it's really dated it's kind of old it's getting old. It's like,
1: and then you have to come out no. if you're femme or then you're a Muslim. And then you have to explain that you're Middle Eastern. I want to wear a dress or I want to wear a wig. Oh, you're so femme. And then you have to come out to people you're dating. And it's like, oh, it's just, it gets frustrating. So now I'm just like, here's my Instagram. If you're not interested, I don't want to talk to you. Like see it all. <laughs> and if you still find it attractive, then call me because I'm so over like dating guys. And then I don't tell them my Instagram and they see, it, and they're like intimidated and they're overwhelmed. And I'm like, well then just overwhelm in the corner. Thank you. <laughs> Thank
2: you so much. Yes. Thank
1: you.
3: Bye bye.
2: What is see? But I,
3: I think the more confident you are in yourself, the like you're the more appealing you are to someone because if you if you yes. know who you are, it's just like you want to be with that person because you feel comfortable around them. It's just absolutely so. absolutely. What is
1: you, absolutely right. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> what's,
2: what's going on in the in the dating scene in L.A.? What's that like? Are you dating? It's a dumpster fire um,
1: I um, <laughs> um, people in LA like New York dating when I've been in New York for long periods of time I dating is so much easier people walk up they're not interested they keep walking we are in New York there's no time to bullshit in LA it's like oh my god but I love your friends and you're close and you like you start validating that they don't live in Santa Monica and you're in West Hollywood like you start validating reasons to be with them and it's all bullshit and the pool is very small. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot of different... Pro- and also, everyone's very transient. People come to LA. The reason LA has such weird energy is that people come, they don't make it in two years, they leave all their bullshit energy, and they go. So, like, it's everyone's very transient. Um, and I don't know if there's, like, a twink factory in the valley because they're printing them, like... I don't know what's going on. I'm like, where are they coming from? Um, so, that's another issue because I'm, like, I'm 34, and I cannot keep up with, like, these 18-year-olds like people. Um, but it, it, yeah, the, I stopped dating actually luckily in December. I was like, I, I'm i going to start dating my career. I was like, I'm taking a note from like every strong independent woman and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I can get myself off better anyways. And
2: <laughs> it's been great. I think it's been wonderful. <laughs> and that's a that's a, a great place to be when the world ended. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes,
3: exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Gotta, like, take care, of, take care of number one because that's the only person you're ever gonna see ever. You again can. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
2: absolutely. <laughs> okay, that's so what's do you, okay, you Caleb and I are so old and like crotchety, yes. like we don't yes. have <laughs> you didn't have to agree. Oh. Um and I, at the, first I agreed, and then I was like, that's not the right thing. <laughs> listen, English, <laughs> listen. Before I get in trouble
1: for this, English is my second language, so sometimes I have to define words in my head. In Farsi, I'm like, crotchety. Okay, that means, okay, got it. So right. I, it takes me a second. It but takes me a second.
2: This was this was leading to, because I, I don't understand TikTok. Um okay and that kind of culture. And now I might not have to because it might um, go away. It's <laughs> went away.
3: Um, so you have 43 days to live it up, so live it up, I guess. Yeah.
2: First of all, that's not, there's no way that's actually going to happen. Second of all, well, I mean, maybe. Crazier things have happened. I
1: mean, Kanye's running for president, so. <laughs> have you heard of coronavirus?
2: That's pretty crazy. <laughs> I haven't actually, thank you for letting me know um,
3: So tell it. What is, like give us the rundown TikTok, what's the platform, who uses it Why do they use it And why is it different than a reel now What's a reel
2: And why do you use okay. it, why do you feel inspired yeah. by the platform Absolutely, so much to unpack
1: um, First of all, you know Caleb, you know there's someone out there Like some Karen is like, what's coronavirus You know there's someone out there That has missed all the news Like, you know there is um, oh my god. I so TikTok, when I got on TikTok was around February, because um our station that I worked for at the studio was like, we're doing an official TikTok. And it was like people getting in a row and doing like a conga. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, this is <laughs> not for me. Um, I love like a still photo, I love a video. Like, I'm not into this like weird effects, and it's too many like filters. I was like not having this. So then I literally did some crazy like viral thing the day Tom Hanks revealed he had coronavirus. Um, we got it on. It did really well. It like went viral. And I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. And then I started doing all of the dances and my back went out. I was like, I can't, (laughs) with this shit. I was like, savage, bougie. And then I was like, icing my back. I was like, this is mortifying. I was like, uh, and then all the comments were like, you're old. And like, you're old. (laughs) like, stop doing this. This sucks. Like, cause it's a lot of 12 year olds. It is. They're going to give it to you. There is no sugarcoating anything. Um, so I was like, okay, what can I do? I was like, okay. And then someone called me corny and I was like, oh, okay. If I'm corny, let me see if any other celebrities are corny. Right. So I started following like Jason Derulo and like Shay Mitchell and all these stuff, And I was like, they are are Jessica Alba. I was like their videos are horrible, and they're getting like a million views because I was like they're horrible. So I, what I my first video was corny ass celebs on TikTok. So I started making fun of celebrities on TikTok and what they were doing. I was like they're so cheesy. They're forcing their kids to get in it. Like I really kind of came for them. People loved it. So then I started doing that, and then it just kind of blossomed. I stopped doing the dances. I became myself, and I always tell people I'm like if you want to get on TikTok, don't do the dances, don't do the voiceovers. I did all the voiceovers. People were like oh he's a little off. I'm like. Bitch, like, why don't you try doing it? Like, I, I it took, and it took me like eight hours to get it right. Um, <laughs> it was just so annoying. Um, and so I, then when I started doing that, it kind of took off. And then I started doing, um, you know, corny ass celebs I worked for. So I t- started telling horror stories of like working with Erica Jane and like how much I loved working with Michael B. Jordan. And I just, start, and people love to get like a little lens in Hollywood and kind of the dark side of it. And so it kind of just like took off from there. And then I just started like just turning the camera on myself and just, kind of yelling at people and they loved it
2: (laughs) we love yelling at people into a camera i mean that's literally all we do here it's wonderful it's wonderful (laughs) i have to like we so i i just finished up working on beetlejuice on broadway and uh, the tiktokers loved beetlejuice like it was like one of the bigger songs on it because of one of the filters like switches like to a demon face girl again again i have no idea But like but one of my friends got a TikTok during it because he was like, This is fun. I just want to like try it. Yeah. And he told one of the younger yeah. cast members, there were children in the show, one of the younger mm-hmm. cast members, and they were like, they were like, you know, that's for like kids, right? Like the shade was so deep. Like she was like it like you said, it's like they were like, This is for kids. Like, why are adults on here? It's like our parents ruining Facebook. Yes. Um, totally. Absolutely. That's really what it was Karen, before I got it. They
1: are, listen, the Karens are ruining everything. I mean, I'm in Trump country. They're selling Trump stuff at the gas station across the street. So Orange County is a nightmare for Karens. They're everywhere. This is where they (laughs) breed. Yeah, it's great. Um, Yeah, but you know. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say about, like, I think with, like, all of the TikTok stuff, it started out very young. And I think because of quarantine, everyone kind of jumped on, like, all the older people. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of shifted.
2: Yeah. I always forget that, like, There are these random pockets of like blue nation where everyone is fucking garbage. Red, you mean? Yes. Well, like, okay. I was like, isn't it red now or do they change the color? (laughs) Yes, red
1: areas. Well, Central California is very red. So people don't know that. Like, whenever you see a mullet, run the other way. That's Trump.
2: So yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh yeah, that's that's a struggle. That is that is very, you know, housewives is very uh <laughs> Ramona came under some heat right recently for uh, you know, traveling back and forth to Florida, going to Trump parties and all that yeah. nonsense. Yeah. That that's fundraiser in the Hamptons, right? That was for Trump for sure.
0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me Play the Godfather Now at Chumpacasino.com
2: Welcome to
0: the family
1: No purchase necessary VGW group Voidware prohibited by law 18
2: plus Terms and conditions apply Um. Alright well we're going to move into Some of our segments that we do on the show Um. Caleb do you want to start With yeah, your blonde girl moment
3: Take it away Britt please,
0: please. I'd better go a H-I-O, maybe I'd better go
3: home, okay, so I was thinking, well, first of all, we got these little, like, care packages from Q-Cox, so this is what got me thinking, they oh, sent hey,
0: hey, yeah.
3: a ring pop, and I was like, the 90s were like a golden age for candy. I just I don't I I think so, maybe because we were children then, but um, so I started doing um like what was the best 90s candy? And so um this is uh, I, I I pinched them against each other, and so we're gonna like debate between the two. So um okay. Britt, put the first one up. We have um hubba bubba bubble tape versus bubble yum. Um I love the bubble tape, but as a kid, I didn't quite understand the concept of gum. So I would chew like too much, like six feet of it, and then eat crackers at the same time. <laughs> Ew, crackers!
2: <laughs> crackers. Ooh. I
3: loved crackers, like with I don't, gum? gum. Yes, I didn't understand the concept of gum. You know, like when you, I used you used to swallow gum as a kid because you didn't. I didn't understand the concept of chewing it. Um. So that's. The, bu- the bubble tape, but bubble yum was my favorite because it came with all these different flavors
2: candy flavor the best. candy
3: was the best um so on my Instagram it what was the percentage? Let's show the percentage ones Britt. fifty six oh. percent said bubble tape, but forty four said bubble yum, but like you know this is my segment, and I'm saying uh bubble yum is the better of the two.
2: would you, you guys agree? agree. yeah, I agree.
3: I-
1: I don't agree, but that's okay. Mm. I like the tape. I like the tape because I liked feeling kind of butch with the like cutting it and then having the little tool. So sure. I, I liked that. Speaking I liked
3: of that. butch, what didn't make the cut was big league chew. That was the one where it was shredded and you like pretended it was like chewing tobacco Gross. and chickens. Chicken like that. That so
2: that that is so problematic. Being like so problematic. you can chew tobacco just like your dad. Like what? Yes. That's, that's so insane. Bad. Um, so, so the next one
3: is um, the strawberry candy versus candy cigarettes. Um, candy dude, cigarettes
1: <laughs> are so fucked up.
3: Oh my God.
2: <laughs> Again, problematic. <laughs> what is this?
3: Um, but um, the candy cigarettes I loved as a kid, though. Like, you know, you would pretend to smoke. Did you guys do that or not do that? Absolutely. Yeah. You pen, know cap. <laughs> pen cap? Yes. Literally. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing that right now. I don't <laughs> um, but the, are the strawberry candies called strawberry candies? Like, do they have yes. a name?
2: Strawberry candy. <laughs> strawberry candy.
3: I love the chewy middle. Um, so let's look at the percentage. Yeah, eight, sixty-eight said strawberries, thirty-two said candy. We would live in a different time now that people reject the candy cigarettes. It's bad. It's a bad thing. But I would agree, I love strawberries more than the candy cigarettes because of the flavor.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Agree. The, the, the strawberry candy is for me one of the more perfect candies. Because you have a really crunchy, hard, and then you have a, a nice, chewy, soft, and the flavor is very like intense and fruity. Um and I like a candy that you don't actually see in the wild that only exists at your <laughs> grandmother's house. Like where yes. do you buy that? <laughs> <laughs> um some
3: candies that didn't make the cut for this one were the um root beer barrels. Oof. Remember those? Yeah. Love those. I see I love them. <laughs> and then um the classic Werthers original, which I would get at my grandma's. Oh. Mm. I don't
2: those. love I don't love a a caramel. Mm. Just like I a hard. Like no. Okay. I, don't, I don't want that.
3: On to the next one. We have. Um, <laughs> we were we have, by that. Uh, <laughs> yes. We have um nerds and warheads. Wow! Look at those throwback. Um, I'm gonna start with uh, warheads. We used to um ride the school bus, and our school bus driver would give us warheads, and you know you'd like put them in your mouth and you'd lick them, and you'd get like oh that, but you loved it so much because the middle was good. Mm-hmm. Um and nerds i absolutely hate nerds <gasps> what nerds mm. can hit the road i i do not like nerds
1: oh i love nerds i love nerds rope remember the rope
3: nerds yes. rope of course um but let's let's let, i'm i'm against everyone on this let's look at the percentage for this one yeah exactly 65% nerds yeah but like you know like you're driving in the car and your mom goes over a speed bump and all of those nerds go everywhere and you lose them all you're just being careless
2: <laughs> I think but you're a child like I didn't hear this careless here's yeah. my take now on Instagram I did vote for warheads because okay. the category is 90s candy the I think that nerds are timeless nerds are now you know nerds are forever <laughs> but warheads were very 90s in like the mm-hmm. trading you wanted to get the right things you bought them like yes, on their black oh, cherry mm-hmm. yes still, little yellow, yeah kind of and mm-hmm. so Warheads, to me, are a 90s candy. Um, nerds, however, are forever. And Caleb, this podcast is now over because you don't like nerds.
3: Thank you.
1: <laughs> Bye. <that's> <laughs> Amir, what do you um, think? Um, I mean, listen, I I do love Warheads, but I think, like you said, nerds are timeless. I had a Warhead um, martini once uh, in Ooh. Portland that was delicious. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. So that was
3: yeah. kind of
2: fun. I can get into that. Um,
3: I think timeless candies are Skittles, Hot Tamales, um, Love Hot Tamales. Mike mm-hmm. and Ike's your favorite. Timeless for me. Mm-hmm. Um like some other dad. candies that didn't make the cut but are like totally nineties nostalgia are like Pop Rocks, Fun Dip. So
0: good. <gasps>
3: Baby bottle pop, lick the pop, dip it and shake mm-hmm. it, and then lick it again. Like, come on, you can't beat that slogan.
2: Yeah, <laughs> So <laughs> naughty, the naughty. I, slogan. I, <laughs> it's it's fast, you know. <laughs> lick it up, dip it, and shake it, and lick it, it. it again. <laughs> but um, I, I agree. I was I was surprised to not see Fun Dip uh, as part of the um, as part of this because that to me is mm-hmm. the most iconic '90s candy.
0: I
3: hated the chalky dip thing. I didn't understand that, so
2: it was no, no. I would, I would eat those. I would use one, one of them, like down to the like, make it like so skinny, using all of the the powder, so that I could have one stick to just eat by itself. I loved. Oh. Yeah.
3: And that's my segment for today. Nineties candy.
2: We love it. What. Yeah. what would you say what's your favorite of all of them what's your yeah. ultimate 90s candy
3: from the 90s no that's early two, wait sorry early 2000s okay 90s i'd say a tootsie roll i love a tootsie roll oh wow mm. classic tootsie roll i think but tootsie roll is also a classic one so yeah. i don't know childhood candy you know we say childhood 90s candy yeah
2: yeah but some things from the 90s you know just did not they do not have that timeless classic Moment, you know, surge R.I.P. Um,
3: what was the What was the the orange drink that you the powder
2: Tang Tang Yes mm-hmm. fucking Tang is very eighties. I feel like Tang is like and and what I'm trying to think of something else from the 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 like um bottle like wax bottles that you would like Ugh. bite and like
3: uh, wax bottles are classic. I love a wax bottle with juice. So
2: classic. weird. Like what is that? Um. Anyway, thank you, Caleb, for your blonde girl moments. It is time to move on to Merch Madness. Mm -hmm. Now... Amir, you you specialize in in celebrities, in uh, PR, and big names. So uh, this is a segment where uh, I take my collection of uh, musical theater T shirts and pin them against each other in a versus format and declare a winner. Now for this okay. week's merch madness, I am I went with the route of um, you know uh, celebrity vehicles on Broadway, okay, shows that existed to showcase a huge celebrity. So we're gonna start with, if you are a big celebrity and the show is for you, you know you're a big star if you are literally on the t-shirt. So here we have my Bette Midler Hello Dolly t-shirt, which is um, very subtle and (laughs) um, not not loud at all. You can hardly tell that Bette was in the show. as you can see, it's ridiculous. Her name is huge, and uh, it looks very old-timey, red, you know, red and white. Looks great on a marquee, not so much on my pink, uh, pink undertone skin. Uh, you know, make I don't want to look like a tomato, so I don't wear this very often. But I felt like it was a, a, a piece of history that I needed to have. Um, and also, when I went back to see the show, I saw it with. Um, bet, obviously. And then I went back when Bernadette Peters was playing Dolly because I love Bernadette. Um, mm-hmm. and when I went back, they had Bernadette Peters, Hello, Dolly shirts like this. So shout out to the merch company for printing all those different shirts. Um, this is a fine shirt. it's it's just kind of a lot. Yeah, it's kind of a lot. Um, I, it reminds me of when I went to see how to succeed in business. Uh, the the revival with Daniel Radcliffe, and one of the shirts just had his face on it, and I was like, "That is not <laughs> going to be owned by me." Um, so, you know, I don't always love when a shirt has someone's likeness on it. However, I do have a visit shirt with a, a drawing of Cheetah Rivera on it. That you know, that's Cheetah though. That's one of my favorites. Exactly. So, you know, we we make exceptions. My next shirt that I'm going to review is from the recent revival of Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which was a, a big vehicle for a lot of celebrities, um, obviously mm-hmm. starting with Patrick Harris, Darren Criss, Tay Diggs, Andrew Rannells. I saw Michael C. Hall because I'm obsessed with Dexter, big fan of his me work. Me too, me too. Um, mm-hmm. I love this shirt. I saw and I love the story behind the shirt. I went for my birthday. I bought a front row ticket. He spat yeah. on me. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like actually spat water like onto me. Um. So that was really special. He actually reached me. down,
3: grabbed open Elliot's mouth, and went right into
1: it. Well, Ooh, was, wow!
2: Like, <laughs> wow! Very pre-COVID. It. Very pre-COVID. Uh, <laughs> pre-COVID. <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> I love this shirt uh, because I love purple. Um, and also the little foil. Oh, so rare do we get like a shiny musical theater t-shirt and it it is held up in the wash. You know, it's still a little oh, shiny yeah. after a couple of years. years. Um, I like how graphic it is. It's a great logo, simple, clean, but good colors. Um, and I like the memories that I have with the shirt because I like Saw the show on my birthday, bought the shirt, went to Mickey Spillane's to meet my friends after, and it was just, like, a great night. And so the clear winner of Merch Madness for me this week yes. is my Hedwig and the Angry Inch shirt. Uh, it's for nostalgia and also general design. Like, yeah, I right. will actually wear this, um, this, probably not so much. Um. So that's Merch Madness for the week um, We like to end things here With a little game Caleb what do you have for us this week
3: uh, So um, Amir I have some quick Questions just let sure. me know how you feel On each one yeah okay.
2: um, So your
3: um, go to karaoke song
1: Go to karaoke song, Carrie Underwood song about like you know being in the bar and the cheat. I can't remember the name of the song, but like I'm gonna uh, carve a thing in your four wheel drive. That song.
3: Baseball oh, bat. Before
1: you yeah, yeah. Underwood. Before you Chief, there you go. Yeah, it's a great song. That's my go-to. Um,
3: a traditional Muslim food dish that you love.
1: Um, so there's no Muslim food. So there's, there's like, there's okay. just like different cultures. Well, Cause a like Muslim is not really a, like, a, it wouldn't have a food. So it would be like Middle Correct. Eastern food or yeah. any, yeah. etc. Exactly. So Persian food, I think my favorite is I'm sure a lot of people in LA have had it. Tadik. It's like a crunchy rice. So if you go to they, what they do is they put the rice on the bottom of the pot and they put oil and they make it almost like a kind of crunchy rice that you can put like, you know, stew on top and it's great. It's like a mm. kind of delicacy. Yeah, it's delicious.
3: Yum. And that's like a main dish or is that like an appetizer? Like main dish? That's
1: like an appetizer. Exactly. It's an appetizer. It's called Tadi. Yeah.
3: Yummy. Um, Okay. So all self-care is like good care. But are you more like at-home spa night, yoga meditation, or block off the weekend, no work? Which one of the three?
1: Um, Probably the last one. I like to avoid people, so I'll just run away. Like Irish exit, Irish goodbyes, see ya. Yes, 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 yes um what
3: exotic animal do you envision yourself as
1: oh envision myself as i've had every exotic animal but iguanas toads i think i would probably be hmm it's a great question you know what i like pandas i think i'd be a panda i like they're cuddly they're fun they trip around they're clumsy super yes. cute they're
0: adorable.
1: Cute. um so what was your first survival job i did or not like... know where that was going i was like first what? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, survival job. Hmm. Or like I think had in high school. Yeah. Whichever one. Um, my, par- my parents won't let me work in high school because they're that Middle Eastern. Um, but I, <laughs> they are like, people are going to see you working at the yogurt shop. I'm like, so what? Um, oh I, I think, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> first survival job was probably working LA Fashion Week. I was getting paid $10 an hour and I had to like put out the runway and there was like 600 people. I mean, it was insane. Paris Hilton walked. I mean, it was weird, but there I was
3: iconic still yes thank you (laughs) um so i i was listening to your podcast and you say you're six two i'm six one and so yes talls um what's the best thing about being six two you know like elliot's really short so let's like make him be jealous of what's great about being tell me
1: yeah you know what okay i'm gonna sell you but just to be (laughs) in all transparency because you are six one i'm only six one and three four so i'm not quite six two so that's a lie I round up, like most men do, but I lie so about does my Caleb. Uh-huh. I am uh-huh. six one. Are you? Um, yeah. What's good about being tall? I think what's good about being tall is that people think you're a lot hotter than you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, like, the fact is people see you're tall and they just kind of forget about if you're hot or not. <laughs> they're just, like, you're hot automatically. It's Really great.
2: <laughs> that is totally Elliot, a meme. What's like, great about being I, about short? Is, is he yes? I will get to being short, but like that is okay. so such a meme. It's like, is is he hot or is he six three? Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, when <laughs> someone's six five, you're like, they're hot. Like there's yep. no way they're hot. Like, yeah, yeah, like you got your like
2: climbing gear just to like go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what's great about being <laughs> short is I'm very nimble. Um, so, especially that comes in handy in New York when it's raining and there are umbrellas, bitch. I, I'm not gonna be slowed down. Okay, <laughs> my umbrella is going this way. I'm ducking under. Um, yes. So that really helps me. Um, nice. Yeah, I love being short. Good. Awesome. I'm with you on
3: that. Um, so I've never been to California. What is oh. a California must do if I was to come tomorrow? What any COVID wasn't a thing? Where should I go?
1: Um, so the, I think what I love about California is that year round, even in San Francisco, even when it's a little cold, you can do rooftops, right? In New York, it's like kind of a luxury and a privilege, but in LA it's like all year round, even if, when it's raining, they'll do a rooftop. So you can do a rooftop, you can do like a frozen margarita, a frosé all year. So that's mm-hmm. the best part. I think that's my best. That. Yeah.
3: Um, last thing is, um, yes. I can't believe this is my job moment you've had in your career or in your entire life.
1: Um, I can't believe job moment is probably Erica's publicist reaching out and saying you're a liar. And then the fact that Erica Jane is talking about me and saying I'm a liar and is kind of like actually perturbed by me is super wonderful. I'm like so here for it. I think it's wonderful. And then he in the email it said, have blessed day. Um, Mr. Mr high and mighty publicist did not use a preposition. So that was very fun for me as a grammar. Come on, have blessed day. <laughs> have blessed day, Bless day, I was like, okay, I was like, all right.
2: <laughs> and to him, we say, next,
1: right? <laughs> yes, yes, I love
2: it, bye, yes. bye-bye. <laughs> well, we want to thank you so much, Amir, for coming on the show. This has been really, Absolutely. really fun. Um, where can people find you on social media? Absolutely.
1: I've had so much fun. Thanks again for having me on. It was so super, super fun. Um, everyone can find me at Amir Yass, Y-A-S-S official. And my last name is Yassai, so I did not make it up. It's not a stage name. Yass is in my last name. So that's the <laughs> truth. Destiny. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, and they can find your podcast, The Take-On, on Broadway Podcast Network, of course. Um Absolutely. You can find... Um, Oh, wait, we'll, uh, let's, you can find us, but let's talk about next week, Caleb, before we go. Oh, yes.
3: Okay. Sorry. Yes. Yeah.
2: Again, next week is our three-year anniversary spectacular. We have um, some really big Broadway guests joining us, um, and we are so excited. Are they, to we're going to
3: even... list them. Can we list them? I think we For can. Like we... They're confirmed. Okay. We have uh, I Jackie, Hoff- Jackie Hoffman. Our first ever Tia. guest on the
2: podcast,
3: yes, Teal Wicks, awesome. who we got so wasted with the first time
2: that we it was had like to a bring November her back. Episode, um, um, Caitlin Kinnonan from, from the, the prom. prom. We had to record her episode twice, so yes. twice is nice. Yes, and then um, Alex Brightman is going to be playing our games with us. So we got big, yes. big stars coming, and also lots Thank of you. other. On surprises, big announcements about the future of Equity One, what we're gonna yep. what our content is gonna be looking like in the next couple months, so please Ooh. join us, order your Q cocktail on their Instagram on our Instagram and our bio, and also, you know really quick, I'm raising money for Broadway Cares uh, and uh, if you are able to, please donate to that it'll help me get yes. to my goal and make a big Look difference in helping a lot of artists Easy. right now Okay, great. That's all the plugs we have. Uh, you can find the right. podcast at Equity One Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and also at Equity One underscore on Twitter.
3: Send us an email at equity at gmail.com and head over to the iTunes app and give us a five-star rating and
2: review so other people can find our podcast as well. And while you're there, do the same thing for the take-on. Come on. You're you're already thank in the you. app. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Uh, You can find me at Elliot Maddox on everything. And I'm at Caleb Dickey on everything. And And until until next time. time. Cheers.